You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. All right, Don, here here we go, kid. It's on. Five days away now. That's right. Short Shift Podcast. We are back. This is Thomas Nystrom. I got Andrew Johnson with me. What do you want to start with here, man? I guess the first thing that jumps out at me is this team did basically exactly what we thought they were going to do this week, and that was be a mid-level team playing against two teams that we needed these Ws on. And uh, we didn't get it that first night. The team woke up night two, scoring seven goals. <laughs> that was but the most fun I had watching a Bruins game in about three weeks. It was entertaining as hell. There's no way around it. There was some some frustrating defensive notes in that game, but uh, and then to to continue this what month now of being a bipolar team, we come out the next night losing overtime, get a point from Philadelphia, but. I honestly, I well, I had predicted, and I believe you were right on with me, that we were going to take both from Philadelphia. We didn't. We took three out of four points. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I I guess let's just jump right into what we got out of some, uh, some, some young goaltending. I had a lot of fun watching those two guys work. Um, Daniel Vladar is an absolute giant that moves like Timmy Thomas used to. Sometimes that's very exciting. Sometimes that's very exciting in the wrong way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's very wild and loose and, but kind, but he, but he, he, he gets to where the puck, he gets to where the puck is. He's, he's made a few amazing saves in his starts. Um, I really like what he brings and his talent level, but let's talk about Jeremy Swayman. Mm-hmm. This boy, within the next two years, will be the number one goaltender for the Boston Bruins. I have no doubt about that. Two to three years. I'll give it two to three years. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, when there was the whole controversy of who's going to get the call up for that fill-in game, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, I forget who it was against. It was a lot of Pittsburgh. People, Pittsburgh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is odd enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there was all this talk of Swayman should have got that that call up because he was just red hot in the AHL. Mm-hmm. And I said that Vladar was the guy to get it, but I do remember making, and I can even go back, I do remember, remember making the comment, while Vladar was the right call for that game, I thought the ceiling was higher 
for Swayman. Yep, I can play. When it comes I, to an NHL point, I can hear. I can hear that. I can hear that. In my, my 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 mind's ear. I can yeah. hear you saying that. I do remember this. And um, that is not in any way a knock on. Oh, absolutely not. Like, no. like it's not a knock on Fladar. No, no. He's, they both looked NHL caliber talent mm-hmm. the last couple they, of nights. They absolutely did. And, Fl- absolutely. and uh, Vladar hasn't had a bad game. Right now, that's our one and two. Swayman how, has. How wild is that? How wild is that? I've, I'm completely fine with it at this point. <laughs> because <laughs> on, if you think about it, like obviously, if they were playing poorly, that would be a, a different story. Mm-hmm. But they're both playing right. And if anything, it's given this fan base just that little bit of emotional boost. Mm, oh, for it sure. It's getting us through kind of a continued stretch of mediocrity. Yeah, it's... Oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mediocrity us, is suffocating. Yeah. It's... Uh, but, but honestly, man, like it kind of is. Like the last couple of weeks, we haven't had a lot of fun things to talk about for this team. And this is this is a nice little change of pace. I know. It is very, it is very fun. I mean, yeah. I... I Obviously, you had to keep a very close eye on Swayman because this was his first NHL game. And, you know, first period, he looked very calm, very controlled. Like everyone knows what you're going to get with Ladar. You're going to get six foot six of limbs everywhere and sticks and, you know, pads and gloves and blockers. Mm-hmm. Swayman is very relaxed, very controlled. He's very similar to Tuka Rask in his style. He's Un- very some Unbelievable differences between the two guys stylistically absolutely both of them like honestly i think fladar is a more interesting watch because there's more action Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of comes with his size in general like there's 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 physicality that he has to kind of put out there in order to make some of these basic saves that i you saw out of swayman Mm -hmm. like swayman's structure his footwork and everything he's fucking He's polished. He's yeah. He, that's the thing that really stood out to me is that how professional he looked, how Mm -hmm. he looked like he was. And I believe you said this while we were texting back and forth that he just, he looked like he just zipped right in and looked as comfortable as a five-year vet. Mm -hmm. He honestly did, but we can't have this be a slurp, an entire slurp fest on the goalie. Mm -hmm. Um, that's second period. I mean, you know, Bergeron, Bergeron gets gets a pair in the first period, and it's two nothing, and it looks like this is another. This is going to be another shit kicking of the, of this Flyers team that looked pretty defeated, like they were really on the ropes. And then Thomas, how do you allow twenty seven shots in a period? Yeah, it's they were on target to be. I was looking up the stats after the second period. They were on target to have given up a top 50 amount of shots, like all time. Top 50 games of shots allowed. It's embarrassing. Wow. It's a mm-hmm. mess. And obviously you're missing Carlo, you're missing McAvoy and stuff like that. So those two oh. guys are, are block collectors, essentially. Frustrating. Be- mostly because we're trying to protect a, 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 not only a rookie goalie, not only a green goalie, but a, a goalie in his debut, his professional debut. And I think, I think that right. not to go back to the slurp, but I think that was what made 
Swayman's performance. Not to go back to the slurp, but go to get to the, get the straw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what made his performance like stand out even more mm-hmm. where he, he held the team together. It was basically, it was a three man show last night. It was Swayman. It was mm-hmm. Bergeron. Yes. And it was Marshawn. Marshawn was to have three assists mm-hmm. and a goal. And it was a shorty and a flex. Like, yeah. And, and a fucking flex. <laughs> But honestly, like to give up that many shots is one thing. The, one of the things that I found interesting, I took like a, a, a Twitter break uh, in the middle of that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night on Twitter, the, the differences between first intermission, first intermission and in second intermission was so incredibly, it just stark differences, man. You want a watching, snapshot of the Bruins fan base? Yeah. <laughs> watching, watching the first period. And watching everybody go absolutely nuts for Swayman and absolutely nuts for uh, for Bergeron's performance, it would it was like this team turned the corner and we were heading straight to the playoffs. And then the second period happened and they fell off a cliff. And the not only did the team fall off the cliff, but it looked like a good chunk of the fan base was ready to follow them right off said cliff. It was honestly it it kind of made blowing that lead funny to me because it was. Mm-hmm. So insane. It was, it was, it was, it was straight comedy. It was straight yeah. comedy. And it's, it, it really encapsulated the frustration of this team. Mm-hmm. They have periods like the first period. And then they have periods like the second period yeah. where Jeremy Swayman, even though he allowed two goals and I only really fault falls him on one of them. But in, even when he gave up the tying goal, when he gave up the tying goal, they were an, uh, a Nat's breath away from making it three, two. And Swayman made a couple of really key saves to, to kind of balance the ice a little bit, but then, mm. you know, have how balanced can the ice be when you're outshot 27 to eight in a period? Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of want to talk about, and I sent this to you this morning. I'm going to look for the quote. Bruce Cassidy has had enough. Yeah. of the maddening maddening inconsistency and he said as much and he showed as much so so what i'm going to do here is i'm going to read this quote that he had last night and then ask you who do you think he was referring and who do you think was benched if you hadn't if you didn't know already okay so he was asked about what, the, what was the message after the second period? Bruce Cassidy says, quote, I think it's about this young guy going and playing his first NHL game and standing on his head to keep us in it. These guys have, that have NHL talent need to provide NHL effort with that talent in the checking game and managing pucks. And guys that aren't quite the same level of NHL talent, they have to work on their NHL execution and make good reads and decisions. We asked for a little more of both from each kind of end of the player and of, or of each category that player falls into. And I thought we got it. We certainly got it on the shorthanded goal, shorthanded goal by Lazan. He made a heck of a play getting into Marchand short. we shortened the bench a little for the guys that were willing to check and willing to manage pucks and play the right way and help our goaltender. And it worked out for us now free of context. If you didn't know, anything from what happened in that third period who got benched yeah i mean that's you would assume 
based yeah, off who would you assume? History, yeah, who would you assume? Based off a of recent history, it would be Krejci for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the key there's effort. You can you can challenge the finishing of a player, but when you start to stand up and call out the effort of players, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous line to take. So well, you're that, right about that, one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, the other was Pasta, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, Nick yeah, Ritchie, David Pasternak, and David Krejci took three shifts mm-hmm. in that third period, which is crazy. You know what makes it? It makes it even crazier is that this was the ballsiest move I've ever seen Bruce Cassidy do. You are in a tie game against a team that is fighting for their playoff lives with a goaltender making his NHL debut, and you bench two established stars, three of their top point collectors this year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That sends a message in that locker room. Absolutely. Yeah, I. I, I know uh, there there are some Bruins fans that don't like the idea of benching players. It's like, oh, you need to you need to let these players play through their mistakes. But effort's not a mistake, though. So that can be squashed right then and there. Effort's not a mistake. And this, we're not talking about Zach Senishin. We're talking about David Pasternak and David Krejci. Yep. And Nick Ritchie. Yep. Some some guys who are making substantial salary. <laughs> that. I, 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 I know Bruce Cassidy slander on this podcast. I already have an immense amount, amount of respect for that man, but I gained some more from that last night. You know, the last couple of weeks, really specifically in the last like two weeks, mm-hmm. he has been flirting with that type of, not necessarily tirade, but flirting with that type of, I guess, condemning of certain players. He's been flirting with it. Mm-hmm. And last night. Coaches do that all the time. Coaches yeah. flirt with it all the time. It's and, quite another thing to do it. Yeah. And he, again, didn't name anybody, but he didn't have to. We can read. <laughs> yeah. So the effort being called into question is, I think, something that is maybe maybe a few weeks too late mm-hmm. or, or at least a few weeks behind. But if if Cassidy's starting to say these type of things, he's fed up. And this is crunch time, man. This is absolutely crunch time. We've been in crunch time for a month. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to see more effort out of all three of those dudes. And I, 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 what was it? Two weeks ago, we were kind of talking about players who are kind of taking, taking shifts off and kind of coasting. Yep. Kind of coasting. And we didn't, we didn't really know who to, who to name in that, but it's, it is a, it is a problem right now. And Cassidy has addressed it. Hopefully, this is this is going to change that. It just can't be rookie goaltenders and Brad Marchand being the only guys fucking trying. Mm-hmm. That's not a knock on Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bergeron's all effort all the time. But Marchand, <laughs> Marchand's presence on the ice, specifically in the last couple games, really since he came back from the false positive, he has mm-hmm. he's a different animal, dude. Yeah, he is. He has, he has absolutely played like he's played like he's been pissed. Yep. Which is the kind of march on that we need. Yep. We need the Bradley that is flexing on people. We need. <laughs> I just. What a clown, right? <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, he had love to, him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was due like he was due to like throw a weird little 
thing that the <laughs> opposite fan base can fucking shit on them for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When deep down in their fucking hearts, they know that they thought that shit was funny. You can't take away his point production in that game. Mm-hmm. And right. I, honestly, the the lowest I got in that game was watching Ghost tie the game up. And not just because not just because the, the game was tied and not just because it was Ghost, but because I knew that's when I needed to walk away from Twitter for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I knew people were going to be like, we could have traded for him for two weeks ago. Or we, we should have traded for him two weeks ago. And honestly, like with, with the news of the Islanders deal here for Paul Mary, immediately they're looking they're looking at Sweeney to make that move. And it's the same type of people who are gonna start saying those things. But this is we're within days of the deadline. It's coming up on Monday, man. Like this is this is crunch time. And it's, Paul Mary was a potential target. Blinken, Blinken's gonna be here. Yeah. But Paul Mary is mm-hmm. a potential target and a good chunk of this fan base knew that name was out there and I didn't necessarily see it as a perfect fit, but I, I, I thought he was basically, actually I will, I'll, I'll rephrase this. I, th- I thought he was a fit until, uh, until we played them last time and he got a little bit chippy with us, got a little bit chippy with some of our leadership, mm-hmm. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And, uh, yes, and he did. I was yes, a little he bit, he got in a lot of faces. Yeah. And I, I think Ber- Bergeron's was one of those. And I was just like, eh, I don't know if he's coming now. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, but it's okay. Honestly, I mean, good on the Islanders making that move, man. That's I think that's a perfect move for them. That's and, a and that's a all the chips I, in the middle of the table kind of move. But you know what? I think both teams won, and that is mm-hmm. that is kind of a, it's a rarity. A, well, it's a rarity, but it is a textbook thing. If you're gonna see it, it's a few days before the deadline like where both teams kind of make out correct, you know, like one team's not desperate. If they were really trying to move Paul Mary or the flip side, the Islanders were really trying to get him. in another couple of days, that deal is probably a different deal. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're getting, if you're getting a first round, a first rounder, this year's first rounder, a conditional fourth rounder, which I believe turns into a third rounder. If the Isle make the conference finals, mm-hmm. Kyle Palmieri uh, and two B prospects in Mason Jobst and AJ Greer in exchange for Kyle Palmieri and another vet leadership guy who Lou Lamorello is very familiar with in Travis Zajac. Mm-hmm. You can't really, can't really say anything about that deal. And there's 50% retention for both. Yep. So you can't really say much in the way of, trash talk for that deal. It works for the Islanders. The Islanders pushing all their chips to the table and the devils have finally are finally fully on the rebuild. They're fully on the rebuild. Everybody from that 2012 cup final team is now gone. gone. Yep. Yep. So, and, and trots got a very trots veteran, two of them, <laughs> well, but specifically Paul Mary, like Paul Mary is such a trots guy. Like just looking at Paul Mary and the way he plays his game it looks like every dude, every dude on the Predators a few years ago, it looked like every dude that made the Capitals run work. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, I didn't even think that the Islanders would be in on him necessarily mm-hmm. in, until they fucking got him. And right. now looking at it and, and looking at that player and looking at this team on paper right now, this might have put the Islanders first in the division. 
very shortly. Like they're already tied for it right now as we speak. Right. Islanders, Islanders are going to be tough in the playoffs, and they just got a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. And they they were all yeah they were already going to be tough, but Anders Lee being out that did I I, I like it you said a it, spot. it didn't make him desperate, but it opened a spot. And Lou Lamorello um, wasn't about to wasn't about to make a panic move. I think it's just it it kind of shows the acuity of the Islanders front office and how they're, and how they're built top down. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be tough for the Bruins to match that. Um, yeah. No matter what happens in this draft in, in this trade deadline. Uh, speaking of which um, someone needs to call Don and tell him to see that the, the trade season started. But, and, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's, yeah. that's the, like we're a few days away from it. I think this is that first move that's going to kind of, start the domino effect the domino effect correct yep mm-hmm. um for me it's just like uh, people saying after the first pittsburgh game it's like how is how have we not made a move yet that doesn't happen all the time right you, sometimes you have to wait for the market to develop are the bruins in a position to wait much longer for the market to develop no because one of the potential targets is already off the board the market's do we, developed do we, yeah it's there uh do we do we look in the cabinet and think that it's bare do we panic now? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. However, it is it is going to quickly start emptying. And th- that, I think, is what us as Bruins fans and, and hockey fans in general, but specifically fans of this current Boston lineup, we need to look at the cupboard right now and see a few options, realize that we're not going to get the perfect deal, but there is a deal out there for us that will improve our chances. What mm-hmm. it is right now is completely debatable. I'm I'm urging some patience, but at the same time, you see a deal like this tonight, it shakes you a little bit. Sure, absolutely. It's a, it's it made it a lot harder to urge patient patience after tonight. Yeah, I I really doubt Sweeney found out about this the same way as we found out about this, mm-hmm. where I'm sitting on my couch next to my wife and my phone starts vibrating. And I see Paul Mary got moved. Mm-hmm. I really doubt Sweeney like jumped up from his bowl of ice cream and kicked his slippers on and ran outside to smoke a cigarette and start making some phone calls. I'm pretty sure he's probably <laughs> been in his office pretty consistently no. touch, touching base with a few general managers because this is, this, this shit is it's ongoing, but you also have to understand that there are certain teams that are not willing to pull the trigger this early. If they're mm-hmm. sellers, they're listening. Right. And if the right deal, like tonight, the a first round draft pick coming at them, then you pull that trigger. But there's other teams where the Bruins weren't going to give up a first rounder for him. Like they just weren't. Yeah. Right. Not one for one type deal or whatever. And, and if the Bruins potentially may have put an offer out there, like Sweeney may have made an offer already and New Jersey probably sat and said, well, we're going to see what else we get. It comes down to a situation where you're probably doing the same thing as like NFL free agency where you're like, this is our offer and it goes away the second you leave this building. Mm-hmm, right. Make that decision. You know what I mean? Like that Tory crew negotiation. Happen. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. sadly, that's, that's what, what it comes down to. You have to be shrewd and you have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things don't exactly align themselves with one another. Exactly. So I, I'm not saying I don't think Sweeney's made some phone calls or that he hasn't made phone calls, I should say. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he has. This deal just, 
it was too sweet for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't even and- want to venture a guess of what we could have, like if we gave the first rounder, what prospects would be going, et cetera. Like, I don't, I don't want to even guess right now at what that deal would have been if it was the Bruins instead of the Islanders. But we are going to be looking at some hard decisions in the next couple of days. Or some, somebody who our listeners may have a jersey of will not be on this team come Tuesday. It's that simple. If, if they're expecting, if, if our listeners are expecting a deal that will improve this team, there is a very strong chance that a player that they may have a fucking man crush on or, or a half chub for is not going to be on this team. I, I saw uh, Jacob from uh, Puck Lions post something a little bit earlier today about uh, he he feels like we'll regret it in a few years if they move to Brusque. Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. But in a few years, we're also not going to have Bergeron. We may not have Marshawn. We won't have Krejci. Rask mm-hmm. will be gone. This core will be gone. And for us to think that Jacob DeBrusque is – the face of this team in five years, I think that's a little bit ill-advised. So do we move him now while he has value? If he has value? I don't know. I wouldn't I've be surprised been, if he's gone, but I think because of everything going on, because of him missing, what was it, 14, 15 days with this COVID shit? Yep. I think his value has gone even lower than it was and not even because of his play on the ice. So yeah, he's probably still on this team, but I, his name may be thrown in there in the same way as as, as a B prospect or... B plus prospect would be in in the Palmieri deal. I would say that if I had to venture whose names have been legitimately asked about for the Bruins, I would say it would be DeBrusque, Bjork, and maybe David Krejci. Charlie Coyle, maybe, but Coyle is... Oh boy, Coyle has fallen off the face of the planet mm. these last few these last few weeks. He's one of the people. He's one of the guys who should be called out for the for the coasting for the lack of effort. What was it? Do um, you have the minutes for him in the third period? Uh, he played um, along with Trent Frederick, who had uh, who played a bunch in the third period too. Yeah, even though the th- even though in the third period. <laughs> even though in the first two periods, Trent was probably the worst player on the ice, <laughs> mm. which was, which is kind of interesting to me, but um, he played, he played a lot along with that. It was, it was Frederick. It was Frederick and Coyle and Kevin Miller had a bunch of minutes. Mm. Um, it was, it was a lot of guys who were effort, like, like effort, like trying to be effort, trying to inject, inject something like, you know, trying to keep Richie and Krejci and Pasternak off of the ice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're saying, you're saying Krejci's name. You're saying DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. We, we touched on this a few weeks ago, but I'm going to bring it back up. Stadnika sure. is, is a name that has to at least Stunica's, come up in, from, from both, both sides. Stadnika is definitely, Stadnika is definitely one of the names that, People are calling. People have asked about. And yeah. if I'm Don Sweeney, and I said this last week, and I'll say it again, if I'm Don Sweeney, I'm not saying no offhand. No, yeah. I don't think there's a player on this team outside of your 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 true core. Like there's there's not a lot of untouchables for me, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in the fan base are going to get their he- feelings hurt if certain players move. 
but it's a business guys. It's Get a over business. It. And, and honestly, I've had this conversation so many times when I used to live down in Nashville, when Nashville would inevitably move somebody and their fan base would just be so upset. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them in this market, you have to stop falling in love with your players. Mm-hmm. I know it's not, not easy to do in Boston. There's, there are, these guys are superstars. These guys are fucking movie stars. These guys are rock stars. But but you have to stop falling in love with your players. Mm-hmm. Buy the jerseys. Support the team. Mm-hmm. Stand them. Or whatever the fucking kids are saying now. But when they move on, mm-hmm. you have to just deal with it. So a guy like Stanika... Probably Erho Vakanainen is definitely, no, probably, he's definitely has been in a few conversations, I would say. But I don't think the cupboard, I I think the cupboard is stocked enough that we can make a run for a legitimate top six forward and probably hold firm on the defense for now and play roulette with the expansion draft. Um, I'm a little bit nervous with the uh, holding pat with the the defensive front as it stands mm-hmm. i'm gonna say is it because jeremy lazan had 24 minutes last night jesus christ man <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's, that's not ideal but no, this is not. this is where we're at and again we uh, carlo may or may not have been rushed back before so he was ready i will i will i will i'm happy to report that his upper body injury is a separate injury from his, from his concussion. Okay. I don't know how much, I, I, I don't know how much solace you take in that. But I don't, I don't take any, honestly. Oh, I don't, good. I don't, <laughs> I don't, well, I mean the, the fucking vagueness of NHL injury reports to begin with mm-hmm. upper mm-hmm. body, lower bodies. That doesn't mean shit to me. Cause honestly it, it may be complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, like they may be like, well, his shoulders banged up. Oh, but also his fucking skull is so. Yeah, we don't right. have to talk about the skull. Let's talk about his shoulder. Yeah. But realistically, yeah. NHL does. It's whiplash in his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, to me, him and McAvoy getting healthy as soon as possible and returning to lineup. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's a fucking boost. Yeah. I do still like the defensive core when all is healthy. Mm-hmm. Do I think it is enough to make a playoff, like a deep run? I want to believe that, but mm-hmm. not necessarily when we need to have shutouts or one goal games mm-hmm. every night because the offense isn't there. I right. still think we need one of at least one of each. I still think we need a defenseman, and I still think we need obviously some fucking secondary scoring help. Do I think we're going to get all of that? No, and I'm going to be totally honest with you and our listeners. I think that's because this team is not a Stanley Cup team. Mm-hmm. It's a playoff it team. It's well, a playoff team. It's a playoff team. And my my spin on that is once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, which is which is completely fine, especially when you have experienced guys and you have the fucking leadership that this team has. But if Tuka haters, not a, no no need to say anything here, but if we don't have Tuka in the playoffs, if we don't have if 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 the right pieces aren't back that we already own right now. If those pieces aren't there, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fucking matter who mm-hmm. we trade for. This All team's right. not going to make a run. Mm-hmm. 
And that's my fear right now. And I don't want to be the ultimate pessimist here, but I'm still not completely against maybe just selling to a point. If the right deals aren't out there and without, without the knowledge, like me and you don't have insider knowledge of these injuries, we don't know when Rask is going to be back. We don't know when Halak's going to be back. Not that he's not hurt, but you never know. Like we just had yeah. DeBrusque on for 14 days. Rookie goalies, performance aside, the stage in the NHL playoffs is a completely different stage than playing in front of 2,700 people in fucking Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Against, like, a, against a team on its heels already. Exactly. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what this team's going to do. But if we do not see them make a move, it's going to be everybody thinking Sweeney's too big of a pansy to make the move that he is necessary like is necessary to make this team make a push but maybe they need to play it safe and not give up on some young talent or move some young talent if they don't think that they're going to be healthy enough to make this run and that is the scariest fucking thing right now that that to me is is a big story that maybe I'm reading too much into it but like if this team is more banged up and these injuries are continuing and bad injuries like extended injuries then I don't necessarily want to give up on Studnika or Vakaninen or whatever fucking kid just to get somebody to maybe get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Much like most things in life, I think I, I think I have a little bit more of an optimistic viewpoint than you do. <laughs> most, most likely. <laughs> and it's funny because I constantly call out people for being so negative and whiny on Twitter and stuff like that. But it's always because their their issues are always in the ones that I take issue with are always situations where it's the here and now it's, it's first period to second period, like the vast differences that they're seeing between the team right. and, and their thoughts. For me, I'm thinking bigger picture. Do I want to see this team completely blow up and us go into full rebound or re- rebuild mode in two, three years or, or realistically possibly even next year, depending on who's coming back and who's retiring or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking big picture because I, it, regardless of who we get and max health from this team, I don't know how deep the run is because we've seen the Bruins put out excellent teams going into the playoffs and then bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a crapshoot. Well, the NHL playoffs are incredible. It's my favorite sports time of the year, but it is a crapshoot. It is about being hot and healthy. And right now this team is not hot or healthy. So I don't know. I'm Man, being pessimistic in a, in you're a being, totally different way. You're you're being you're being pessimistic about a team that just went six two and two in their last ten. Yeah, but it's been the ugliest six two and two, man. Like, is this the worst six two and two in history? Yeah, Comment is, below. This, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and what is it? What is it for? Past that, so um, they were two one and one, and then six two and two. And yes. Like, Yes. Yeah. Two, one, and one, two, one, and one this week, six, two, and two in the last 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only other record that I had is that, and some, some people listening to this podcast may want to cover their ears. Um, we're eight, four, eight, eight, and four without Kevin Miller <laughs> yeah. and we're 12, two, and two with him. I will say this. I'm looking at the standings right now, dude, mm-hmm. in our division. Mm-hmm. Six two and two is the best out of the last ten in the entire division, including the Capitals six four and zero, 
Mm-hmm. Islanders six four and zero. Penguins six three and one. Bruins six two and two. So we've gotten more points than every other team above us, and then obviously teams below us three wins, three wins, three wins. But four points out, three games in hand. Six of their last seventeen against the Buffalo Sabers. Mm-hmm. This division can flip, and maybe my mood can flip a little bit too. But so I'm going to give you something to be optimistic about. Potentially, cheer me up, dude. All right, here we go. Fucking cheer me up. Here's here's your <laughs> fucking rainbow. I told you to regulate your own emotions a couple of weeks ago, but it's Ever. apparent that I'm going to need to help you out a little bit with that. <laughs> So I'm in the buy low camp. I'm in the, okay, you know, health, health, notwithstanding. I want to see a top nine. I, I want to see a top nine forward and maybe a depth defenseman mm-hmm. with term because this team, let me check my numbers here real quick has $29.5 million of cap space next year. Yeah. In the off season. Mm-hmm. We are four points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins with three games in hand. I don't think we're in a position to sell. And I don't think we should. I don't think we should go for a deal that mortgages the farm. I don't, and I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're in a position that we can do that right now. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I believe that this team has a run in them with health and reinforcements that can be had. Here's the and, problem with what you're saying right now, though. <laughs> I knew you'd find one. You're, you're describing what you're saying you want is exactly what Sweeney always does. Mm-hmm. And this fan base will not accept it if they go and get a depth defenseman and a top nine. Th- this fan base wants a fucking superstar to show up. I and throw want these things. The so f- you're 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 putting you're putting it out there like Sweeney do exactly what you're normally going to do, which is to me. And I'm ag- I'm I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all. I completely agree, and I think that is the right play. I'm just terrified of the backlash that will come and i still i don't want to see sweeney lose his job here because i really want to see what sweeney's going to do with that nearly 30 million dollars in cap space next year and that's then that, you can fucking judge him that needs to be the play that needs to be the play bruins fans if you're listening shut up for a second shut the fuck up mm-hmm. okay next year is the year you guys have had 10,000 thick think pieces thrown at your faces about how the window is closing and the window is closing and the window is closing. The window does not shut this year. The window did not shut when Tory Krug signed with St. Louis. The window did not shut when Zidane Ochara went to Washington. The window shuts next year. If you want to get on Don Sweeney for when we have $29.5 million worth of cap space, if you want to get on Don Sweeney for if he does diddly dick with that, I'll be right on the front lines and I'll be carrying a torch. Until then, enough, okay? I am so tired of seeing fire Sweeney. Fire Sweeney, fire Sweeney. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like That's that's what this past week has been for me where I'm seeing people like, Sweeney still hasn't made a trade. Slow the fuck down, dude. Like we're like- You know how many trades have been made? Two. Yeah. Two. And that's including tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
the trade, the, the Palmerian Zajac deal is the, the, the bell is rung. Ding, 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 motherfucker. Yeah. Now, if you, now if Sweeney does nothing in the trade deadline or if he sells, I will be pissed. Mm. I'll be mad. But if he buys low with the eye in next year, I'm all for it. And then if he bungles it next year, get out your pitchforks. Well, I mean, certain players, certain players, uh, to the, uh, Granlund. Mikhail Granlund, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isn't that Nashville? We, I don't think Nashville is selling though. I don't know. I don't know. But like, but I'm just, he just popped up in my mind because he's, he's a unrestricted free agent next year. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to make a move and you get that dude in your, in your, in your building and can negotiate and lock him the fuck down, that's could have, could have been a, a, the right play. But if you want to, if you want to look at a situation where this team's going to go out and get an absolute superstar, it's not going to happen at the deadline. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's not. The only way but, it's going to happen is if it's Taylor Hall. No. And, and I, we don't, I don't want that. I would actually be so incredibly pissed off if they get him. There you fucking go. So I'm hearing Mike Hoffman again. Do we want to rehash that one from October? Not necessarily, but I would rather him than fucking Taylor Hall right now, honestly. And the, and and <laughs> I get that Taylor Hall is a top five free agent next year, but mm-hmm. do we want to give Buffalo a division rival pieces in their real bit rebuild for Taylor Hall, who has shown, and we said it last week, we, he has shown multiple times now that he doesn't fucking care about winning. He doesn't. He says that he does. But he continues. That's to the extra slap in the face, market. too. That's, that's it, dude. He <laughs> continues to go to these smaller market teams with way less pressure. He's not coming to Boston. He does not belong in Boston. Former teammate, however, former teammate Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Mm-hmm. We can get him next year. He's Ryan a- Nugent Hopkins or Philip Deneau. Yeah, those are my like two are, major centers. There are that I want. Yep, there yep. are there are players out there next year that we can get without giving up players with all that cap space that is when i'm really going to judge not only honestly beyond beyond judge sweeney i'm going to judge the way players actually think about coming to boston we touched on it last week mm-hmm. or, or maybe the week prior boston's an intimidating city it's a fucking yeah. sports mecca there are some players who are not cut out to play here taylor hall is it's not cut out to play here many dude. times yeah. It's been proven many times in many different sports. Yeah, uh, Edgar Renteria in Boston, you know, and it was the first one that just came to mind. I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> yeah. Renteria, Sandoval, yep. Carl Crawford is who comes to my mind when it, when we're thinking. Renteria. Adrian Gonzalez. Yep. And you know what, Gonzalez? Gonzalez was okay. I didn't mind him. We don't have to get too deep into Red Sox talk, but I would say Carl Crawford would be the prime example of a complete flop. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. But like you, you have certain players who thrive in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall's not that dude. Sorry. Taylor Hall's not that dude. And Taylor Hall is and Taylor Hall is the, like I said last week, he's the punchable frat fuck in any national lampoon movie. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't uh, want that on the team. He's he's not gonna have a B on his chest. I'm sorry, folks. And and, and honestly, I, I think we actually have the benefit of having a, a number of really smart listeners and, and Twitter followers. Sure. Uh, who interact with us? Absolutely. I don't. Shout out to all of y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's too many people listening to this right now who are like, "No, I want Taylor Hall in a bees uniform." And by all means, 
if you are that person, tweet at us and give state your case. Mm-hmm. I will listen. <laughs> and I know, I know Andrew will listen to it. I'll just probably call you a cop or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this deadline is, is crazy. All right. Haler tall. Yeah. <laughs> but in the middle, in the middle of this deadline coming up on Monday, we've, we've got three games before it. And then Tuesday we're playing Buffalo. So the day after the deadline, we're at least playing a down opponent, Washington on Thursday. Philadelphia. Please, please Saturday. adjust your Zdeno Chara takes now. <laughs> oh, and to answer your question earlier about how much time, uh, ice time Charlie Coyle got, eighteen oh four. That's bananas. So clearly, he's not. He wasn't being made an example of, and mm-hmm. maybe is in the clear from an effort standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that he hasn't been invisible. But maybe Cassidy's seeing some effort, which I'd rather that than than the opposite. So, right. Too. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. So yeah, we've got on uh, we've got Thursday Thursday night at Washington, Saturday night at Philadelphia, and then Sunday home against Washington. Mm-hmm. So we are playing a team that is right there at the top of our division twice in the next seventy two hours or whatever. Massive games. They're going to be huge. Every every game's massive right now, but yeah, massive games. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just call those three games. I'm not, we don't even need to talk about because we'll probably jump on and talk after deadline and mm-hmm. talk a little bit of Sabers or whatever. And honestly, talking a little bit of Sabers will probably be fun because that team is going to sell in some way. So yeah, they're going to get brought every, up on every, Tuesday regardless. So. Kevin Adams is listening to everything, and I'm here for it. Yep. So, but hey, um, do you want to know a weird stat about them right now? 3-0-1 in the last four. Yep. <laughs> they're on a two-game win streak. They are fucking firing on all cylinders. They it reminds me of the scene in Major League Two when Lou has the heart attack. We won a game yesterday. If we win tomorrow, that's two in a row. If we win again, that's called a winning streak. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Buffalo now has nothing to play for, so they'll probably they'll, pro- they'll probably get better games out of them. To be fair, yeah, I mean, they have they the players have something to play for because right now a lot of them are showcasing contracts. themselves to well contracts, but there's right now there's players who are showcasing themselves to potential trade partners to get the fuck out of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you play your ass off the last couple of days where it's like, this is crunch time. It's like, let me, let me show max effort. Cause man, if, if somebody I'm really moves, curious, if I really, I'm really curious if that's the effect. If I've, like Sam Reinhardt's like going off right now because he's hearing his name in trade talks. Wouldn't you? Oh, hell yeah. And even Mark, if you weren't even, wake up. Yeah. Even if you weren't the, the, the main trade target to be that extra body, that second person, in that deal. That's a reason to step up and play. Get oh, me yeah. out of Buffalo. Get me out of here right now. Because any team that's trading for you is at least a playoff caliber team. Mm-hmm. You at least get put in a situation where you're not just waiting for the end of the season to die your slow death. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're put in a situation where you can play, play playoff hockey. You're put die in a situation where death. you can make a run mm-hmm. for, for, if not a cup, at least a deep run. 
mm-hmm. and showcase yourself. Mm-hmm. So why why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, Capitals are going to be looking for players. Mm-hmm. Islanders are probably done, but if they're smart, they'll make one more depth move. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Penguins, I fuck, I don't know what the Penguins are going to do, but the Penguins always seem to fucking somehow get this unbelievable superstar gifted to them in some fucking way, whether it's through the draft or some dumbass trade, but yeah, but those are the teams that we're staring down the pipe. Hextall, Hextall came out today in the athletic and said that he's, that he would be content with staying Pat. And the moment I read that, I'm like, he's, he's, he's going to fucking he's make a move. He's yeah. Making- <laughs> why, why do, why do any general managers grant any interviews at this time of year? Yeah. Like we know you're lying no matter what you say. <laughs> yeah. We like our club. Yeah. Two guys are, two guys are out that door in 48 hours. Like, don't, yep. Don't, don't, don't insult our intelligence. And also, it just regarding the division and stuff, like I don't foresee the Rangers making a move to uh, to try to sneak into the playoffs here. They're they're five points behind us, and they're they've played two more games. They are they just had, they just hung an eight spot on Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, which more than welcome. <laughs> it's Keep- sight for me, but but they have they have now tied the point total for the Flyers. They're mm-hmm. about to overtake them, like I said, that they would a couple of, like, what was it, two weeks ago where I said that the Rangers would catch them and, and mm-hmm. overtake them. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for giving the Flyers that fucking W the other night and only taking the one point with the overtime, like, if we just put them down, like, they would be clean below the Rangers right now. But Do you think we, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end the conversation, the division conversation with this, do you think we pretty much ended Philly season? If we didn't, we're going to on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I genuinely believe that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Philly. Sp- I mean, speaking of slow deaths, at the beginning of the season when we had Mark on from getting bullied, uh, we had a lot of positive things to say about the Flyers, mm-hmm. and we really thought that the Flyers were going to be a team, not necessarily better than the Bruins, but up there. I thought they were going to take it the next step and they fucking didn't. And some of that falls on Carter Hart. Some of that falls on just terribly slow defense, age, injuries, whatever. But they have not been a good team this entire season. And the fact that they've even kind of hung in there is more of an indictment on our own team that we've allowed them to kind of sit around. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But we've been beating this team. So it's not our fault. Somehow Philadelphia plays up against other opponents and they they do the the beating up on the weak teams when necessary and all that and they've they've been hanging out but they're fucking done dude yeah i i i think it's i think a lot of it has to do with Elaine Vigneault. i think he's a fraud coach i've okay. always thought that you your view on peter laviol your my laviolette is Vigneault. yeah he's basically i i think the best thing i ever I, the, the best thing i ever read about him is that is that how he's coaching the flyers he's basically dave Hackstall with a martini <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking good that's really good <laughs> yeah, i wish like, i could i wish i could remember who said that but it was amazing <laughs> it, i i do like we said it before on the pod like recently i think the top four the top four there are going to mm-hmm. be some moving pieces i do think that the bruins can sneak into third mm-hmm. i do think it's possible that with all these games against the sabers that we somehow maybe especially if we can beat the caps if we can if we can take four points from the caps over the course of this week when we play them twice 
we may be able to overtake them and maybe oh that would take be absolutely place. massive that would be massive i think you the just, island islanders are the best in in this division we play the caps opinion. really well to be fair we play them really well we do not play the islanders really well i don't think we're going to pass the islanders but i do think that the right moves the island or the, the 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 bruins can step into second place i i don't necessarily see it i think they end this division regular season in third Mm-hmm. But this is me trying to sneak some some optimism into this, and uh, and a boy, that's my that's I'm my boy. Trying. I'm fucking trying, man. But yeah. it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't see a deep run for the Bruins, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And all we can do is is try to try to fucking show effort first of all, and then. Put some points on the on on the board, and maybe Sweeney sets us up with the right fucking move. Maybe our fan base shuts up and accepts that move if it's not a superstar coming back because it's not happening. And maybe this team makes a little bit of a run. Maybe this team has at least a positive finish this season, this this last month month and a half. Like we're we're just about a month away from the end of the season. That's wild. <laughs> The last game's May 10th. Yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah. I don't like how we end the it, season, it, though. I don't know if you've looked ahead our last couple games. Five games ago, we, we played Jersey twice. Mm-hmm. And then we play the Rangers twice. And we have been very physical with them and splitting those games, <laughs> it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then we end against the Islanders. It's like, I'm not a big fan of that. I I kind of see, unless this team is hot, but I, th- I think that little lineup is an easy way to not be hot entering the playoffs. So that's that's one of the things that stands out to me and, and freaks me out about this team. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we'll, we're going to have to see. I mean, the, remain, the remaining schedule, I, like I said, six of the last 17 games are against the Buffalo Sabres, which gives me hope. Um, it gives me hope for a good, for a good, for a good positioning. I do like how on st- from the 20th to the 24th, we have a good old fashioned three game set against the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. 20th, 22nd, 23rd. That so, is a, that is a tough stretch though, regardless of whether you're playing the Sabres or not, because yeah. we're playing three, three games straight in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to Pittsburgh to play two games. Mm-hmm. So they are not going to be home between where are we at April 18th, which is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then their next home game, granted, it's against Buffalo again, April 29th. So you're talking almost about a week and a half mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of of road. Yeah, and the day, yeah, and that 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 does that that does predate a five game homestand. So yeah, at least there's that. But yeah, let's see good. some wacky tuxedos and some fucking stupid fucking yeah do something do something fucking dumb do some like, team building stupid ass shit when we're just two weeks away from getting into the playoffs let's 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 become the bruins again here like, yeah exactly well, yeah i mean it's like it's uh, the way that i keep optimistic about how the season has gone is that is how i've kept optimistic the last few games is just looking at the looking at the stretch the, the last 10 games like 700 point percentage but you i think you've you share a lot of Bruins fans views on that in that the fact that it's a 700 point percentage, but man, it feels like nothing. <laughs> feels like nothing. And, and to use the term that 
we throw out a good amount and mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously a derogatory term when it comes to hockey teams, but I kind of feel like looking at our recent record, I kind of feel mm. like frauds. I kind of feel like frauds. Like we're not quite the team that is showing. And, and this, this coming week is a great opportunity to turn it around. So I'm going to make a Homer. Like for, I think for the first time this, this entire season, I'm going to make Homer predictions. I say we beat Washington. Then we go and we beat Philadelphia and then we beat. There's Washington. my fucking optimistic boy. <laughs> that's what I want. And you know, the only way that's going to happen Mm. is if that message that Cassidy tried to send, that message needs to be heard, and we need five points in these next three games mm-hmm. out of a pasta. Yep. And we need two goals out of Richie. Like, we need we need those dudes to fucking stand up, specifically pasta. When pasta gets hot, this team clicks. I need a three-assist game out of Krejci, too. I would love to see it. I... Just, I think that was the perfect, the perfect opportunity to send that message. It was the perfect time. Um, I know you said it may have been like maybe a couple weeks late, but. This, this time might've had the most impact. There it is. Yep. Like I said, you're tied at two in the third period against a team that's fighting for its playoff live. And an age and a goal with a goal under, behind a goaltender making it's making his NHL debut, and you do that. Cassidy needed a wheelbarrow after that game because that took some that took some sack, and I loved it. I would loved like to. I would also like to think that the leadership on the ice, specifically who won us that game in that third period with Marshawn with the shorty, and in Bergeron with the the empty net insurance. Mm-hmm. Marshawn and just look at Marshawn. I want to think, I would like to think that he's getting in the face of some players in this fucking locker room. I would like to think that he's fucking slapping or licking some fucking faces or whatever the fuck he needs to do to wake people up. Dude's got 18 goals. Dude's got 27 assists. He is a point machine this year. Mm-hmm. And he is carrying these team, this team at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, need, I need to see Marshawn effort out of other players. And I really think, I, I know we, we touched on it a little bit last week. Maybe, maybe, a player like Pasta is battling something. Do you think that Cassidy calls out an injured player in the way that he called out Pasta? I personally don't. So that to me, that to me tells me that Pasta is at least, at least healthy enough where his fucking coach is expecting more, more out of him. That's a positive sign from an injury standpoint. No, we just need Pasta to respond. We need Pasta to respond and we need Richie to go back to his early season form because he's slowly starting to revert back to old Richie. Yeah, see, I he's he's still been in on it. He he had he had a couple of points last week's games. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think I think maybe for Richie it might have been a like a recency call. Recency. Out. Yeah. Mm, I so, see. Yeah. And maybe squash it before it comes a problem. And if that is what Cassidy needs to do, Cassidy has earned himself the right to say these things. And I, I don't know what he says behind closed doors, but I would assume. I would pay money his, for that. Yeah. But I would, I would assume like just judge of character or whatever, like his temperament. I really feel like he's the same guy. 
Mm-hmm. When he's not on camera or not, I'm pretty, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think he's he's very very direct and he's no bullshit, which is mm-hmm. what I love. I love about the guy, mm-hmm. and and he's very much not somebody who's going to talk out of both sides of his mouth like Claude Julian sometimes did, um, unless he got really pissed off. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't take getting pissed off to get the to get Cassidy's real feelings on things. Yep, and. And I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. If on a couple weeks, uh, if on the Behind the B episode that covers this game, if that second period in the dressing room is on, is, 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 is in that film room, that wins Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that shit. I, I would love to have seen what he fucking did what he said and you know how much he's going to pay to repaint that dressing room. Yep. <laughs> you want to throw out your predictions and we'll wrap it. Sure. Um, so my optimistic boy, he's growing up so fast. Uh, <laughs> just over the span of the last hour. I feel like I, my optimism, sometimes I just got to talk it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I blame myself. Mm-hmm. I blame myself. I'm I'm taking all the credit for that. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I would say I'd say seven out of eight points. I'm gonna match your optimism, my guy. Seven out well, of eight. I'm, I haven't even. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't even include Buffalo in it, but I'm Buffalo's yeah. a W. So yeah, I'm. I want all clean wins. I I, I just want I just want Ws right now. Yep. That's eat, that's the that's that the best w. way to. Well, it's the best way to. to, to Fix this fan base right now. Give us some optimism. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to see multiple wins before this deadline because I, I genuinely am concerned that this team's not going to pull the trigger. Uh, and it's probably more health related than than performance related right now. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nervous that they're not going to pull the trigger on something that's going to have any sort of impact. We're going to have to see. I mean, if. If all they do, if all they do is like a, a top nine forward, if, they, if all they do is a top nine forward and depth defenseman, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, me and, and you will be. I don't know. What? I don't know what our listeners will be, yeah. or if our listeners will be. Yeah, I, I'll be okay with it. I know you'll be somewhat okay with it, but I think we're going to be in the minority in that. But Bruins fans, uh, I, I, I say this because I love you. Shut the fuck up and let the man do his job. We are a spoiled people. We are lucky. We are lucky to be in this fandom. Just Boston sports in general. We are lucky because our teams fucking try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's uh, give them something good. Give them something good, Bruins, and to a lesser extent, Don. Yeah, it's all we ask. All right, folks. So that's that's the episode for this week. A little bit of pessimism, a little bit of optimism, just kind of sprinkled about. Tell us what you think. Find us on Twitter at ShortShiftPod, and uh, you could find our individual accounts if you want to directly shit on either one of us. It is more than welcomed. Give us your prediction. Bring it. I want to. I want to know what people give us. Give us your dark horses on who this team can go out and get. Because right now I'm open to options. Mm-hmm. I am open to options. Uh, this this Islanders deal has completely sprung the plug 
and we are this is the deadline the next couple days like this we are going to see some wild fucking trades because there's a lot of teams still in it i don't think we're going to see a lot out of vancouver though (laughs) oh Don't don't think we're going to see anything out of Vancouver, and I really doubt we're going to hear anything from a Vancouver fan because they got no fucking reason to listen to us. (laughs) Still, though, my God. (laughs) 